fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Coming up, you're going to hear from a man who's not supposed to be here. Not because of his political views or maybe who he is, but because of what happened. About 30 years ago, he had a horrible accident on the road and was pronounced dead. And yet, he'll be on the program coming up. What happened? This miraculous moment we lived and the story that changed his life after he came back. It's what he saw when he was gone, but more importantly, what he experienced when he came back that I'm certain you're going to want to hear next. It's Justin Barkley filling in for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck program. Back right after this. This is the Glenn Beck program. Welcome back. It's Justin Barkley today and a special opportunity, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Here we are. Merry Christmas. Christmas Eve. And a special opportunity as the hustle takes a break. I know folks are out maybe finishing some shopping and maybe you're finishing touches on the family get together or the gatherings that you'll be having tonight. Maybe going to church or maybe getting together tomorrow morning throughout the day. But it's a special opportunity for us to come together as a people, take a pause, and really focus on what matters most. Not the news, or in most cases, noise. Not what's happening in Washington, D.C., but maybe what's happening in your own backyard. And, even more importantly, at your own dinner table, and most importantly, maybe in your own heart. Our next guest is Don Piper. He's got an incredible story. I'll let him tell it. But he's the author of 90 Minutes in Heaven. He died, and yet he's on the phone with us today. Don, welcome in, and Merry Christmas. How are you? Well, Merry Christmas to you. Yes, I am alive. Um, I wasn't, but now I am. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, the death rate here is 100%. That's kind of a difficult thing to talk about on uh, on Christmas Eve, but it means that we need to be ready all the time for what happens next. So I am uh, excited to be here another Christmas. This will be 69 Christmases for me, and uh, I'm still here, and so are you. And why don't we make the most of it while we are, because uh, <laughs> indeed, you, you've got an incredible story, Don. I'm going to let you talk about some of this, but there's a chance for us as we celebrate the birth in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago, a chance for maybe, yeah, we'll talk about death, but maybe a chance to talk about a rebirth that can happen. Yeah, it's new life. Uh, mm. I have been to that, uh, that church there, Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem, on a number of occasions, it is a very special place. It's a very humble place, uh, a very unlikely place for the Son of God uh, to be born. Um, but when you're there, obviously, there's a presence and a knowledge uh, 
of the fact that uh, nearly 2,000 years ago, um, the Son of God came to dwell among us. Uh, I was a pastor in 1989, still am, and uh, I was on my way to church uh, to uh, lead a Wednesday night service, and uh, I didn't make it. Uh, I was in uh, East Texas, a very rural area, because I had been at a conference at a retreat center, and about 10 minutes out of the front gate, in January of 1989, uh, an 18-wheeler tractor-trailer truck crossed the center stripe of a narrow bridge uh, and hit me head-on. I never saw it coming. Um, uh, it was a rainy, cold day, and it was just a horrific uh, collision because he hit two other cars after he uh, struck me. Uh, amazingly, uh, miraculously, really, none of those people were injured, the truck driver or the other two drivers of the car. They were treated and released uh, in this area, rural area, whenever, when finally uh, first responders got there because it was uh, really remote. And uh, they discovered uh, the four paramedics who were now working on me, since there was no one else to work on, uh, that I had uh, been killed instantly. They did try everything they could uh, to try to revive me, resuscitate me. Uh, they were unsuccessful, so I was, the body, which was uh, hideous, uh, was covered up with a, a tarp, and they were waiting for a medical examiner to come and do the appropriate paperwork to take me away. And um, so I just lay there for quite a while, and behind me were lots of other ministers, one of them came up on the bridge, felt God say uh, to him to pray for me, even though I had been declared dead by several professionals. And uh, they discouraged him not from praying, but from getting even near me because of all the wreckage and the danger. Uh, he finally prevailed, got in the wreckage of the car, uh, put his hand on my right shoulder under the tarp. Um, I uh, obviously didn't have any knowledge of this. I was absent from that body and present with the Lord at the time, in fact, the moment the car, the truck struck me. But he was praying because he was being obedient, and uh, that went on for an hour and a half uh, from 11.45 when he arrived on the scene until 1.15 in the afternoon, still waiting for the medical examiner. He began to sing hymns over the body and the car. And he was singing a great old hymn uh, of the faith called What a Friend We Have in Jesus and suddenly under the tarp, uh, as he sang that song, I began to sing the song with him, and he got out of the car very quickly, <laughs> ran over to the yeah the EMTs and said, the dead man is singing. Okay, and, so we've got to pause you here, Don, because people are just maybe tuning in and they're hearing that thinking, what? okay, now what happened? This guy yeah, was dead. Yeah. And you were gone for, as the book says 90 minutes in heaven you were yeah, gone yeah, and yeah and it may be more appropriately titled you know uh book publishers they want to they want to get a hook out there but the, mm -hmm. it was i was really not here for for an hour and a half uh because in heaven there is no time it's a timeless place i could have been there for 90 years or 90 seconds there there's mm -hmm. no it's linear it's propelled forward but there's no elapse of time so i was away from here for that length of time and uh, and he and he and a lot of other people. Now, granted, um, the uh, they did, they attempted to contact my family that morning when they you know found my identity. Uh, they were unsuccessful because my wife is teaching school and our children were school. It, it was a Wednesday morning, 
Um, and so they um, they called my church. Uh, they did find my business card in my wallet. They called the church, told the church that I had been in a terrible accident, but not that I was a fatality because my next of kin had not been notified yet. So the church, of course, started praying uh, after they heard I was a horrific wreck, and they called other churches. They called other people. Actually, by the time that I returned, thousands and thousands of people were praying because they'd heard I'd been in an accident, but not that I had been killed because they did not want to tell that on the phone. But the man in the car knew it, and uh, he had some medical background himself. So he was praying, and uh, and he sang the song, and suddenly I found myself in the dark, because we were covered up with a tarp, um, singing that song without knowing who he was or, or why I was singing or anything having to do with what had happened to me uh, in in the wreck. It took me hours to be filled in on... The, the collision of the 18-wheeler, and I was transferred eventually to a level one trauma center in Houston. And uh, so consequently, it was, um, it, was just a, it was just an incredible experience for everybody involved. When I got hit by the truck, my family got hit by the truck, my church got hit by the truck, everybody who knew me. And uh, I got asked about it so many times uh, because it is such an incredible story. Uh, I decided to write a book, and in, in the book, I, one of the first things I say is I wrote this book in self-defense. And by that I meant, well, if I write it all down, can, can we just move on in my life? I, sure. I, you know, talking about this wreck, and I was yeah. hospitalized for 13 months, and I had 34 major operations to reattach an arm and a leg and, and overcome a lot of other injuries that were just... Uh, uh, life-threatening. And so I, I just wanted to put this behind me, but God put it in front of me, and he does mm. that sometimes. This time of year is a good reminder because it is about new beginnings. So I had a new lease on life at that point, 38-year-old man, married, three children, uh, pastor of a church. Uh, things were going well, and I felt like I was making a difference. And then one day on the way to church, I got killed by a truck. Don Piper's on with us right now, author of 90 Minutes in Heaven, and what you just heard him describe, and in a very condensed way, because I'm, I'm sure, you know, Don uh, talks about this now, and usually when he, he talks about this and when you read the story, and matter of fact, they made a, they made a movie about this, um, it, it, it it takes a little more time to develop, but boy, you know, we don't have as much time on the radio, so we're going through it, but what you just heard was that first miracle. And you know what they say when you're watching infomercials, but wait, there's more, because there literally is. That's the first miracle. Don is in an accident, horrific accident, where an 18-wheeler rolls over his tiny car, and the, the pictures that I've seen in the wreckage is, is absolutely unthinkable when you see this. It's very gruesome to think about what he went through. His body lay lifeless inside of that car, and... The folks, the paramedics, the first responders there took him a while to get there, but they did respond and found when he was there that he was no longer breathing. He didn't have a pulse. He was done. Yet one man walked up upon that scene and said, I, I want to, I, I just feel the urge. This was another pastor that I feel the urge. I want to pray for Don. And the police said, no, we don't, you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to go up there. Trust me. They didn't want to let him anywhere near him, but let alone inside that car, inside that wreckage. 
to lay his hand on you and pray for you. And, and Don, I want to take a break here and we'll come back and talk about because as he began praying, eventually not only do you wake up, but you start to sing. Yes. <laughs> the hymn that he was singing while he was praying for you. Yes, I did. And what happens next, I mean, that was the first miracle in, in a line of many, but what happens next is uh, is just... It's absolutely uh, unbelievable. If you're listening to this now, it did happen. This has been recorded. And, of course, the book is 90 Minutes in Heaven. We'll be back with Don Piper right after this. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. Merry Christmas. He died, but yet he's on the phone with us today. Talking with Don Piper, author of 90 Minutes in Heaven, and we just heard about how that horrific truck accident there on the highway in Texas, uh, guess about 30-some-odd years ago now, uh, left him dead inside that car, yet he's here with us on the phone, and Don was just talking about that moment where he he woke up. I want to talk about what folks want to hear about, because I'm sure many have questions about heaven, but we'll save that. For a little bit later, Don, first, I want to talk about the next steps, because when you come back, you're not all out of the water yet. I mean, you you, you have quite a bit to go through, and, and much of that starts at that moment when folks realize this man is alive. Right. It, it, it does. Um, and, and the reason I was singing with him is because he was making me sing. He... He kept encouraging me, and and it was he was trying to keep me conscious. He was trying to make sure that I I uh, I didn't lapse again. And uh, I you know I the the collision was in excess of probably a hundred miles an hour ahead on collision. So uh, anyone would have lost their life in this accident. I was this is before airbags, and so the steering wheel had, had become horizontal and went into my chest. Um, my the dashboard collapsed on both of my legs. My right leg was broken at the knee. My left leg was severed just above the knee, and I, I four and a half inches of my left femur. We all know that's the largest bone in the human body. That part of my leg was ejected from the car and not found. My left arm, which I apparently had raised, maybe I did see the car, the truck out of the corner by. I don't remember that. But it took my arm, uh, it separated at the shoulder, and it just went over me into the back seat. And from the middle of the left forearm, uh, it was just twisted and broken and missing. And so I missed all the bones, the muscles were gone, the skin was gone. Anyone would have bled out in this accident in a matter of minutes, maybe five minutes or less, if had their heart been beating, but mine was not. So I did not. I did that blood coming out of my eyes and ears and nose and very obvious brain damage and so it was uh, just a, it couldn't been it could hardly have been more horrific than it was um and I was dead but uh people prayed and and God said yes he doesn't always say yes when we pray for those kinds of things in my case he did but I did come back to um uh, an incredible amount of uh operations, uh, even some experimental surgeries and devices were placed on me to try to save my arm and leg that uh, had never been used before in this country. And so I went through a lot of um, 
well, 13 months in a hospital bed and many operations and infections and isolation ward situations. And it was just a roller coaster ride for almost three years before I walked into my own church on my own, unassisted, and uh, began to resume uh, ministry, which I was told would never happen. So I do believe in miracles. I don't feel very miraculous, but it is a miracle that I am alive uh, today uh, on every level that, that one can possibly imagine, and that I have had any functionality at all. So I believe in miracles. I, you know, I I believe that God is still in the miracle business, and really, Christmas is all about miracles. It, it a, a baby uh, born in a uh, an area that has had not distinguished whatsoever, uh, but that was predicted to happen. Uh, the Bible says so. All those things happen, and so this is the time of year when we remember. Uh, a miracle occurred, and and some other incredibly brilliant people had heard about it, and they were looking for him also. Uh, we call them kings. And so many things happen uh, that makes this story uh, unparalleled in the human history. And so that's why this is such a, an amazing time of year. If we focus on the Christ at Christmas, it certainly is. And I, I'm reminded, I, I'm here for another I'm another Christmas. I made another one. It is something, and it, each day is a gift, and we look at that and think about the things if we really refocus on what matters. Well, I think this is a great time of year to do that, and today, because we have a pause in our, our day-to-day, we get a chance to see some of those things. And Don, I, I'm, I'm here. This, I don't want to just completely uh, just just brush right over this uh, because some folks may think, well, this is great. This is, you know, Sure that I'm, maybe that did happen for you, right. um, but I haven't seen any miracles in my. People are listening right now that are really hurting. Yes, and I, I want to make sure that we address because you went through a long period of rehabilitation, where you maybe even asked the question of why God, why? Oh sure, yeah. I, I yeah. want to talk I'm about in that the hospital bed asking that question every day. Uh, Don, we, we, uh, we, we got to take a break here. Hang on. We, I got to take a break, unfortunately. Sure. We'll come back and answer that question. And also, folks want to know, wait a minute, you went to heaven. What was that like? I don't want to miss that because, boy, that's a big piece of the story as well. Don Piper, author of 90 Minutes in Heaven. What was that hell like on earth after he came back? We'll talk about that next. When we're back on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK is the number you can join us. 888-727-BECK. I'm Justin Barkley, in for Glenn today on a very special Christmas Eve edition of the Glenn Beck program. Merry Christmas. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome back. Merry Christmas. A very special program and a time to, uh, well, to do something a little different. Every, you know, every now and then we need a break. From the chaos, from the insanity, the hustle and bustle, and a chance to sort of re-center and focus on what matters most this time of year. 
Our guest, Don Piper, author of 90 Minutes in Heaven, just talking about the story. He died 30 years ago or so in Texas on a highway. But yet he's on with us today and talking about how that happened, how his life was saved, what happened, uh, the miracle that took place in the wreckage. Boy, what a metaphor for each of our lives. As I say that, I just, I'm, I'm struck by the fact that miracles can happen in our wreckage, in our mess, no matter where we are, no matter how bad off we think we are. Um, things can happen and they do every day, Don. They do. Um, but you, if you can get uh, killed in a car wreck on the way to church, you, you'd better be ready uh, all the time. Uh, accidents do happen. I never thought for a minute that this was some kind of... I mean, I know this man didn't get in a truck that morning and say, I'm going to go out and kill somebody. So, it, you know, it just happens. And it's not what happens to you, it's what you do with it. Um, I lay there in the hospital bed uh, for all those months. And I, I really became profoundly depressed. You say, oh, well, you're, you're a Christian pastor. You know, they don't become depressed. Well, they certainly do. Uh, maybe talking to some right now. It, it, I, didn't, I, I was given very little hope. I mean, they didn't think they would be able to save my leg. They didn't think that I, they would be able to save my arm. I was going to be um, uh, really maimed for the rest of my life. As it turns out, they were able to do it through some very experimental procedures, but I really de- descended into t- depression. I wanted to talk to somebody who understood what I was going through, and the devices they installed on me, external fixators, had never been uh, put on uh, somebody on a femur before. So I was in a unique situation where there was literally no one I could talk to about this because no one had experienced this. And uh, that really that really set me back a great deal. And so one morning while I was really talking to God, there was nobody in the hospital room but, but, but me and him. And I said to him, why can't you send someone here who understands how I feel? If I could just talk to somebody that could give me some hope about the future, whatever it is, I can handle it. But I, I'm living in such a period of uncertainty. And I think Christmas time is a time when we reflect on that. Maybe we've lost a loved one this year. Maybe we are not in financial situation where we could really provide for our family the way we want. A lot of things may be going on, bankruptcy, uh, divorce, uh, all sorts of things. And so I found myself in a not a hopeless situation, but a helpless situation. And God spoke to me that morning uh, and said, it's not about you. It's about what I can do through you now that I could not do before the truck hit you. You need to turn your test into a testimony and your mess into a message and reach out to other people instead of you know, pleading with me, God speaking, uh, about how I can help you, you need to help other people because now you're equipped in a better fashion than you ever were before the truck hit you. You need to take the same hand you're shaking at me and reach out to other people and help them up. And that changed my life. I, I'm not a particularly outwardly emotional person, but I began to weep at that point and, and continued to do it till the sun came up the next morning. And that was the first day of the rest of my life. And so uh, what I've been trying to do uh, ever since is trying to get people into heaven, but also help them have a better trip on the way. And we can all do that. We could take our, our sum total of experiences instead of having a pity party, which I was having, and reach out to other people and help them through. And then we'll understand why we went through that. Uh, it was in preparation for ministering to other people. So 
That is what I gathered out of a lot of things that happened to me, including get hit by head, uh, head on by an eight wheeler, was to realize that we're really here to help everyone else get there. And uh, that's what I do every day of my life. That's what I'm doing right now. It sounds like you found your, you really found and discovered your calling and, and your purpose. Yeah, I did. I had to now, get by a truck to figure that out, but I mean, I, I did. <laughs> And 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 listen, God forbid that any of us have to get hit by a truck oh, to sure. figure that out. Yeah. But, yeah. but thankfully, you did, so you can tell us about yeah. it. No, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, really. Uh, but it, as I said earlier, it's not what happens to you; it's what you do with it. And and so, a lot of people have had a lot of things happen to us as we come to the end of another year. And it's and it's about the future. It's about what we can do now to be a blessing to other people. And if we if we focus on that and we determine to do that, God will help us do that, and then we'll know why we went through the things that we went through in 2019. Mm. And hope for a better 2020 Indeed. and beyond. And that's something that I think that's missing a lot from maybe our our conversation these days. You watch the news, you turn on the TV, and everything seems like the sky is falling, but there is hope. Can seem like an awfully dark night, and I went through a long a series of dark nights, uh, even during the day, and and so I do understand uh, what it's like to be, uh, you know, hit the bottom. There's one good thing that can happen when you hit the bottom: you can push off. Mm. And and I did hit the bottom, and 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 you know, I if I needed to, I know now uh, why I'm here every day, and. Um, it's it is it is to help people uh, get to heaven and 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 on a day to day basis help them have a better life now. Uh, that really is what Christmas is about. And um, as we turn the page on another year, and they are relentless, uh, maybe this is the year where we can we can we can leave a lot of that stuff behind. The things that just bind us and uh, and capture us. And and beat us down. I I I, I believe in that. I, I think it's crucial, and uh, hopefully for a lot of people who are listening, this will be a turning point. I want to talk about what it was like in heaven for you, sure. but first, Don, I hear you saying that one of the keys that you learned to having a better life now is shifting your focus from you, your mess, and your wreckage and shifting it towards others yeah. in a way to, to, to serve and maybe help other people. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? It, it absolutely is. Um, we, can, we can concentrate and focus on the wrecks in our life, and let's face it, uh, there are going to be some. If there haven't been any, there will be. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I want to be realistic. But it's not, it's not that. It, we, can, we can be devastated, and we will be, and we can be hurt, and we will be, and we can have a lot of things happen. But if we stay there, if we live in that kind of condition, then that is no life. That is not a life. Uh, we, but when we start looking beyond ourselves, when we start looking at other people who have similar situations, uh, and hold their hand and say, I understand how you feel. They found somebody who gets it. And that's all I ever wanted. I just wanted to find somebody who, get, who, who, who understood what I was going through. We all go through terrible things, but it's, it's, that's not the point. The point is, 
getting through the terrible thing and then looking around for opportunities where you can help someone else do the same thing. And, uh, and then you kind of understand, okay, now I know why I went through that. It was pre- to prepare me to help these people get through to the other side. And when you do that, it'll put a whole new, it'll, it'll be a whole new chapter in your life. It'll be a discovery that will give you hope. And hope is really all we, we have in life is, is hope. Hope that tomorrow will be a good day, that hope that we'll get the job that we're trying to get, hope that we'll pay the bills, you know, hope that we have a, a healthy existence. Uh, there's no guarantees. I mean, the one guarantee in life is that this ends, and you need to be ready for what happens next. But we can have a meaningful life on the way, even though it always won't be perfect. Uh, it, it is, if we have a goal and we're trying to look beyond ourselves and reach out to other people, then we really can make a difference when it's all over. Don Piper's on with us right now, author of 90 Minutes in Heaven. And that book, you can read more about the story and in depth. They actually did a movie about it as well. But what was it like in heaven? We talk about making this trip there a, a better place and how you can make this life a, a better trip on the way back. Let me talk about that. And what do you experience maybe in heaven, Don, when we come back? We're going to take a quick break. We're back in just a few minutes here with Don Piper, author of 90 Minutes in Heaven. He died 30 years ago, but yet he's on the phone with us today. He'll share the rest of his story right after this. It's the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Hey, Merry Christmas. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck program and a, a special day, a special Christmas Eve edition of the Glenn Beck program. And we're talking with Don Piper, author of 90 Minutes in Heaven, DonPiperMinistries.com. Well, we've talked about how he died on that road in Texas all those years ago and how he came back, what that road was like before him after he came back and the and all the pain and the wreckage he went through, but the most important part is that God brought him back. And now, uh, Don, uh, you know, people really want to know what it was like in heaven, so I don't want to waste any more time. We've only got a few minutes to describe this. Can you give us five minutes in heaven? Five minutes in heaven. See, there's another book uh, uh, for someone uh, out there. <laughs> well, I came back so I could be on the uh, Glenn Beck show today with you, Justin. <laughs> I I immediately, the moment the truck struck me, was standing uh, at the gates of heaven. The Bible tells us in Revelation uh, that there are 12 gates in heaven, and uh, we will be at one of them. And uh, I was there. Uh, I didn't go down a long tunnel that wasn't a bright light at the end of the tunnel. I I do think that's an authentic experience, but I think when you're in a 100-mile-an-hour collision, you're just there. And I was surrounded by people I had known and loved in life and had preceded me in death. Um, I, I was somewhat shocked by that. Not that they were there, but they knew I was coming. I, I believe everyone in heaven knows who's coming. Um, the Bible says that when we, when we trust the Lord, when we give our hearts to him, uh, our names are re- immediately written in a book up there, like a registration book that they call the Lamb's Book of Life. And so the people in heaven are expecting us, and they were... And I was greeted by the people who actually helped me get there. There were people who 
took me to church when I was a kid, before I was a believer. They gave me a Bible when I didn't have one. They certainly lived a Christian life in front of me, so I knew what one was, even though I wasn't one yet. And and so their influence on me, their witness to me, caused me to be in a position where I knew one day that's what I needed to do, and I made that decision to go at the, at the age of 16. I just wasn't planning to die at 38 on a lonely highway in East Texas. Who is... Who, who knows when that day is? We, we, we don't. Jesus had the Last Supper. We don't, we're going to have one one day, too. We just won't know what it is. So I wasn't planning to die that day, nor were any of the people who greeted me, but they were prepared when the time came, no matter whether they were 80 or 18. And some of them had been those ages when they were uh, tra- tragically killed or died of an illness or old age. So above them was this magnificent gate, looks like the inside of an oyster. It is made of pearl. Truly, it is a gate made of pearl. Um, I could see inside the gate there seems to be a a boulevard uh, leading to the center of the city, and it is a city uh, with uh, high walls and thick uh, thick walls, as a matter of fact. And uh, I could see through this uh, down this golden boulevard to a pinnacle high and lifted up. Uh, there are thrones at the top of that pinnacle. The brightest light I have ever seen is emanating uh, from that throne. I uh, I went through angels. They're everywhere. Uh, I could not only hear their voices, I could hear their wings actually flapping above me. I believe they're the ones who bear us up to heaven. I uh, heard music unlike any music I've ever heard here. Uh, and, and there was a lot of it, thousands of songs at the same time without chaos because they were symbiotic, they all fit together. Um, I experienced colors I've never seen before. Heaven is a sensory explosion. It is simply the most real thing that's ever happened to me. And um, I I wasn't thinking about Earth. Uh, I didn't miss people down here, I expected them. Uh, And so you don't miss them. And since no time is passing, uh, they'll immediately arrive uh, for us. Uh, because uh, may, decades may pass here, but there are no decades in heaven. So people in heaven don't miss you. They expect you. It was a, a glorious experience. Uh, they greeted me. We exchanged uh, love for each other, sometimes verbally and sometimes without even speaking. Uh, we did move forward because I obviously wanted to go inside. That's what I was there for. And I did go inside. I, I approached the the gate, which is not the, the the portal is not very big. It's really just big enough for one person, and that is how we get into heaven one at a time. And so I'm going in. The wall is very thick, and emerging on the inside, and and thinking I want to move as down this boulevard as fast as possible. I want to approach that hill and fall at the feet of the great God of all creation, and and try to verbalize if I could. Thank you for letting me come. But I, Don, I, I got a chance. I know that you, there's far more to this story. And if folks want to read the book, they should get it. It is a fantastic book. 90 Minutes in Heaven. They made a movie out of it, too. DonPiperMinistries.com. I just want to thank you for being here with us today, Don. Honored. And sharing some thank hope you. with us. Thank you. My very best to uh, Glenn. And uh, I'm delighted to be here. Merry Christmas to everyone. And certainly a wonderful new year. Merry Christmas, Don. We're back next with more of this very special Merry Christmas, Christmas Eve edition of the Glenn Beck Program. I'm Justin Barkley, and for Glenn. You're listening to Glenn.